Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Denver City Cast with Holden Kushner, presented by Bet Rivers. Welcome into the Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. It is the Monday before the Super Bowl. Got a fun show set up for you today. Going to talk some Super Bowl and Nikola Jokic with JVT, Jonathan Van Tobel from the Mothership on Veasan. Got my Super Bowl bets. I'm going to give you a fun one here in just a moment. Uh, it's, it's kind of a novelty bet right there. Talk about the odds for Aaron Rodgers coming to the Denver Broncos. I'm going to set those odds. Then we'll talk with JVT and more on the Nuggets, the Nuggets bench, and DeMarcus Cousins. So let's start with this. Super Bowl bet. Already got the Cam Akers under 65 and a half yards. Cooper Cup over 102 and a half. Here's my favorite novelty bet. And I gave this one out on VEASAN Sunday morning, which, by the way, had a great weekend. Hit both of the Mountain West basketball bets that we had over Nikola Jokic points. Uh, so while I lost the Jokic points bet last week, did clean it up yesterday, and it's something we'll be looking at going forward. I'll talk about that in a little bit. But under nine and a half penalties is a bet that I found on Bet Rivers. You can get it at just over even money. I think it was at plus 101 the last time I checked. Under nine and a half penalties. Now, usually you'll get Super Bowls. The penalties will sit between nine and 15. At least that's the way it's been over the last four years. So here's some reasoning for why I think it goes under this year. And there's a few key points. First of all, I don't know if you remember this, but I remember it. The first half of the Super Bowl with the Chiefs and the Bucks last year, the Chiefs had eight penalties called on them. Eight penalties called on them in the first half. The Bucks only had one. The refereeing, the penalties, it turned into a complete show and... Of course, it's social media, so everything gets blown out of proportion, but it was bad. And I really do think that this year the NFL just wants to cut down on that. Probably a memo to the referees, we're not calling that many penalties again this year. We do not want this to become uh, a storyline. Second thing, second and third least penalized teams in the league. Least penalized. So the Rams are 30th with 76 on the year. And the Bengals are 31st with just 71 penalties. By the way, the Cowboys led the NFL in penalties with 127. 127. So we're down to 76 and 71 with these two teams. We had 15 penalties last year, 9 in 2020, 12 in 2019. That's fine. I didn't take that into account. I just really wanted to at least bring those numbers up to you because I don't think 
that, um, you know, if you look year to year penalties, it's going to help us that much with the exception of last year where everybody was upset because of the number of penalties. Also, Ronald Torbert is going to be the lead referee for the Super Bowl. Who is he? Well, he's a guy where his crew averaged the fourth lowest flags among all crews, among the 17 crews in the NFL this year. He's going to work with a different group of officials. But again, I look at the two teams not being penalized much. I'm going to throw the narrative that the NFL doesn't want all these penalties here. And you've just got two teams that don't get penalized with a crew chief that doesn't like to throw flags. It's not a full unit wager. It's a novelty prop. They'll probably limit you if you're a big time better. But uh, under nine and a half penalties at plus 101, official play here. Let's continue this, though, and just stop and move on to the Broncos because we're going to talk some Aaron Rodgers now. Ah, yes, I told you last week I was going to set some lines on Aaron Rodgers and his next team. Now, I did this with the Broncos' next head coach. Uh, and if you if you went to the Kushner Sportsbook, which is part of the Bet Rivers umbrella, yes, uh, you would have gotten Nathaniel Hackett at like plus 650 if you bet it on the opening line. If you got it on the second day, you still got him at plus money at like plus 150 because we all thought Dan Quinn was going to get the job. So here we go at my imaginary sportsbook again. Aaron Rodgers' odds on his next team that he plays with. So we'll start with the Packers. He's already there. He's already there. You know, it, and he said some things at the end of the year where the relationship between he and uh, the front office had gotten a bit better. Obviously, a sour taste in his mouth, but he's already there. And for all the talk of the salary cap issues that they have, teams can move that around. Now, ultimately, you're going to end up paying for it someday. But I feel like the Packers are desperate enough right now where they have a team that should be Super Bowl caliber that they're going to need to bring this guy back. They're going to put the full court press on. So I'll probably be in the minority here, but I will set the Packers at almost even money. Minus 110. I want a little juice here. Packers minus 110 because we know the history of him being there. But sour taste in his mouth. We'll see if he wants to move on for a fresh start for the end of his career. Number two is going to be the Broncos. Now, I have, th there are books that have tried to handicap this. They're either the favorites at like minus 150. I've seen them at plus 250 elsewhere. I'm going to throw them at plus 150 because I still think there's a legit shot that Aaron Rodgers ends up playing for the Denver Broncos. Listen, they hired Nathaniel Hackett. And again, is that the reason why he got the job? No. They, he didn't get the job because Aaron Rodgers is going to follow him. But I also think that it didn't hurt his chances that he got the job because of Aaron Rodgers. So now there is a clear pipeline from the Broncos to Aaron Rodgers. Second of all, good weapons, great weapons here. Really, even if they give up Jerry Judy, they have a terrific running game. Javante Williams surging. They should bring back Melvin Gordon. Cortland Sutton had a down year last year. There's no talent, no doubting that the talent is still there. Uh, they've got, a couple of tight ends uh, with pretty good ceilings as well. So I think the weapons are pretty good. Amazing city. Like, all right, I'm sure Green Bay is cool, but Denver is cooler. It's the reason why so many people are moving out here. It's just an amazing place. He's got to know that. And there's cap space. Tons of cap space. There's draft capital with the first rounder, a couple second rounders, a couple third rounders coming up. So draft capital, salary cap. I've laid it out here. Broncos plus 150. 
Steelers. I'm throwing their name out. I don't think there's a legit shot. I'll put them at plus 800. Why? Why not? They got a great head coach. They've got some really good offensive weapons. They need to address the offensive line. They had some shortcomings defensively, but there's a need for a quarterback and there's a great franchise. So you got a great franchise in Green Bay, great franchise in Denver, great franchise in Pittsburgh. The, the, the Niners plus a thousand, I guess they're in it. No, they're not. Why do people keep bringing up the Niners? I just want to throw this out. I'm going to set it at 1,000, but it's absolutely asinine. They went out and spent the number three pick on a quarterback last year. I don't know why anybody is just thinking that this is going to happen with the Niners. Throw that out. Throw that out. I, I really do think it's down to two teams here with the Packers, the Broncos. I guess the third team would be retirement team. But last but not least, I got to bring this up. The Tennessee Titans. I hate setting a line for this. I hate it because basically this is a rumor that a sports talk show host that is not known for breaking news out in Tennessee came up with. Oh, Rogers is buying land in Nashville. Rogers this. Rogers likes the team. Um, I'm not buying it, but you know what? I know that people do buy into that, and I want to take their money here at my sports book. So I'm going to set that line at plus 1,000, Okay. Apparently, like he has land in Tennessee. Is that what we're dealing with here? These are the factors for Aaron Rodgers going forward. Fascinating to me. Okay, so we've got JVT, Jonathan Van Tobel from VEASAN. He's going to join me. We're going to talk about his favorite bets. It's a side in the, in the Super Bowl. Also, his favorite prop bet from the Super Bowl coming up. And maybe some cross-sport bets. He's got an NBA Super Bowl bet. He's going to talk to us about. Plus, we'll talk a little hedging and some Nikola Jokic for MVP as well. So stick around. We'll hear from JVT. And then before the show is over, do want to discuss the Nuggets and maybe a little talk about the Las Vegas Raiders and why Vegas is not a great spot to have a football team. JVT is next, though, on the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. Being a homer has its perks at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Every day, Bet Rivers offers a special hometown discount on parlays involving local teams. To get your hometown discount, just open the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app and check the daily specials to place your bet on a unique parlay with hometown teams and players. Then root, root, root for the home team and win together. Bet today on the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app or go to betrivers.com. Must be 21 and located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 522 4700. For more real-time relevant sports betting news and information, listen to VEASAN in Denver on Altitude Sports 950. VEASAN, the sports betting network, is on the air in Denver. Listen to relevant real-time sports betting news and information on Denver's Altitude Sports 950. Follow the money, a numbers game, Lombardi line, my guys in the desert, the nightcap, and much, much more from VEASAN. The Sports Betting Network, on the air in Denver, on Altitude Sports 950. Welcome back, Denver CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers, Holden Cushion with you, and Jonathan Van Tobel, JVT. 
what we call him from Vsin, the mothership. Hello, JVT. If you're not watching this right now, he's got his Raiders hat on. He's representing the city of Las Vegas. How is Las Vegas here finally the week of the Super Bowl? You're starting to feel it? I mean, I remember when I lived there a long time ago, it was the week of when things started to get a little bit crazy. How's Vegas treating you this week? You know, I'm really interested to see how it is going to be as we get closer, right? Because, you know, majority of the handle comes in like this Thursday, Friday, Saturday for a lot of these markets. But that's the thing. There's so many other markets now, right? Like Vegas isn't the, the hub in terms of sports betting it once was. So there's so many different areas that you can now go and get in on some sports gambling. So I'm really curious to see what the vibe is going to be like by the time we reach the end of the week, given the fact that this is so much more widely available around the country, that you don't have to make that trip to Las Vegas, given the current situation our country's in right in terms of the pandemic, are people going to be less averse to kind of coming out and traveling? I still think there's going to have like, like that pop and that sizzle by the time we get to the end of the week. But uh, I, I have a feeling it's not going to be as magical like uh, as it used to be the last few years, you know? Hmm. Not as magical, you say. We'll see. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, though. It's not, you know, the sexiest team in the Bengals, but they are kind of a fun team. And then there's the Rams and the second largest market playing at home. Uh, what's your handicap here on the side of this game? So on the, when these match, when the match was set on Sunday, I laid three and a half with, with the Rams. You know, I, I like the Rams. I figured the market would move in that direction. I got right in reading the market early. We'll see what the public does with the number because that's up to as high as four and a half and four is starting to pop up again. But you know, I, look, I, I have bet on the Rams a couple of times in this postseason now. And I think that this is just a team that matches up really well with Cincinnati, you know, we always talk about these quarterbacks and how well they have been performing all these things. That's a, that's a pretty good front seven that the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line is going to have to take on. And on the flip side, uh, that's a really poor secondary that the Bengals have out there. And when you look at the Rams offensively, I think one of the things that's uh, kind of lost in the conversation, this is an aggressive passing attack. Like uh, Matthew Stafford, his average depth of target was nine yards downfield. It's a big play passing attack at that with Odo Beckham Jr. and Cooper Cup. I just think there's a lot of different uh, boxes that the Rams check in terms of this matchup here that I really like. So as far as the side is concerned, I'm invested already in Rams minus three and a half. Yeah, and I told you I got my own bet sitting yep. here, and it's a hedge. I mean, let's just let's use a, a round number here, $1,000. Let's say the future is $1,000. It's at 10 to 1, and it's on the Rams to win. And I've had a lot of conversations about hedging, and I'm very risk-averse. So I think that's why I think about hedging more than anything else. Uh, where do you stand on hedging bets? And if you had, let's just say you had a $1,000 unit future on the Rams, how would you handle betting on the Bengals? So I, I think one, personally, yeah, like I, I'm in on hedging, like depending on the situation, right? Every situation is personal, how much you have on the line. You know, two years ago, the, the biggest opportunity for me was I had a Miami Heat 80 to 1 ticket to win the NBA finals when they made it to the finals in the NBA bubble. All right, so I hedged on that pretty hard with the Lakers because you know, all the injuries and whatnot. So I did a little bit more than hedge. I took a lot on the Lakers to win that thing because I figured it was a pretty poor situation for them. But you know, if you got enough on the line, it's totally worth hedging. And I think you're in a, you're in a pretty interesting spot. You're in the best spot possible, right? Because the team on the other end is the underdog. So if you mm -hmm. want to just go on the money line there, you can get a plus price. If you want to take the spread, you can as well. You can go. I know you're risk adverse, so you probably won't do this. If you really want to go like a little bit more bang for your buck in terms of hedging out of that potential. Joe Burrow to win a Super Bowl MVP at about 250 or so. So you can get a little bit more out of that. If the Bengals win this thing, more than likely, uh, he is going to win Super Bowl MVP. So that's another way that you can attack it. 
Uh, but personally, like if I were you, I would definitely take a, a small position of like about 15% or so on the Cincinnati Bengals just so you can lock in some sort of a profit, especially given the number that you have at the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, you can you can lock yourself into a pretty solid comeback here uh, if you're going to go in and hedge on it. So I would say go for it. Yeah, it's uh, it'll be interesting not really rooting. Well, I guess they'll be more on the Rams side, but it won't be as much of a diehard right. thing where, oh, my God, the Rams got to win this thing. Now, you're back in the Rams. You got the great number because the second that uh, the second championship game ended uh, that last Sunday, the Sunday before, uh, it popped at three and a half. You mentioned this. Then we saw it at four, four and a half. I don't know where this thing is going, but I'm starting to come around to thinking that the Rams are just going to beat the hell out of them. Okay. now I'm I'm usually a dog better in the Super Bowl, too. I feel like, you know, the underdogs are just they spit on them. They don't they don't give them the respect they deserve. In this instance, though, I'm looking at alt lines. I'm looking at like minus six and a half, minus nine and a half. How confident are you that the Rams could cover that? Are you just sitting on your three and a half saying, forget about it. This is my bet. We're moving on. Yeah, I think I'm going to sit on the three and a half. The the one thing that I think, uh, you know, when you take into account every part of the matchup, that would worry me about you know some bigger numbers with the Los Angeles Rams is Matthew Stafford's pension to turn the ball over, right? And if he turns the ball over, commits turnover where he plays uh, against a defensive scheme that the Bengals will roll out there. Essentially, you know, the Bengals, they don't blitz a lot. They'll drop a lot of guys back in coverage. If you go back to the way that they beat Patrick Mahomes in that second half, they dropped uh, eight or more guys back in coverage on over 45% of his passing plays in the second half of that game. It, it was all just base four guys, and let's just see if he can beat us by being patient. And Matthew Stafford, when he is not blitzed this season, has a turnover-worthy play rate of 4.1%. It's extremely high for a quarterback. So I think like when you're talking about the bigger numbers, when you're asking the Rams to cover those, and then you're starting to get into the territory of, well, you need almost a perfect game for a Matthew Stafford to get that done. And that's what kind of turns me off a little bit. Like you're getting a little bit more back because you're starting to get into plus prices, right, when you're starting to lay like six and a half or more. Uh, but personally, I'm just comfortable laying the three and a half and letting the Rams do their work there because once you get a little bit higher, then you're asking Stafford to uh, <laughs> to kind of break out of his mold a little bit in terms of what we've seen from him all season long. And that's that's the one thing that worries me about my bet overall and what would worry me about laying a bigger number with him. No, that is the that is the big thing, right? Because Stafford, he played a couple clean games in the playoffs, and he went back through another interception. So yep. that's a great point that you make. Uh, let's move on to some props here. I, I love the props market. Very small wagers on some novelty props. I actually took a dip on under nine and a half penalties in this game, which was at slightly plus money too. Uh, what do you got? Is what's your favorite prop play this week? Whether it be a novelty or a, or, or an actual player. So uh, for for favorite, I'll go with uh, Matt Stafford again because, you know, the, the way that I handicap proposition bets, especially when it comes to the Super Bowl, right? You handicap the game, how you think it's going to play out game plan wise, and then you go out from there. And, and so I think Stafford is set to have a pretty decent day yardage wise. So you could find as low as 278 and a half for his passing yards. Uh, the, the high out in the market is 285 and a half. So I went over 278 and a half passing yards for Matt Stafford. And when you look at this Cincinnati Bengals uh, secondary, and I mentioned some of the problems, they come into this game 32nd in area yards allowed per game at 175.5. They're 25th in yards after catch allowed per game at 136.4. The defensive average depth of target is eight yards downfield. Well, Matthew Stafford, he's effective in both areas right there. His average depth of target is nine yards downfield. He has the sixth most uh, throws at 20 or more yards downfield. Cooper Cup is fantastic in terms of yards after catch. I, I just think this sets up for Stafford from a yardage perspective to have a pretty big one. So if we're talking about like favorites, the one I would give out first, it would totally be to over 278 uh, and a half passing yards for Matt Stafford. It's the one I like the best. What about a correlated bet with Cup? 
going over 102 and a half then. So, you know, this is funny. So this is where I'm a little torn here because I do think Stafford's going to have the big game, but the wide receiver that I keep going to actually is Odo Beckham Jr., not so much Cooper Cup. Because, one, you mentioned the, the price, right? Like 102 and a half is on the low side. Uh, it's as high as 108 and a half in some spots in terms of his yardage. Uh, and you're not, as a better, I think, getting a lot of, di- like, a discount there, right? And, and there's a strong argument to be made for Cup to surpass some of those numbers. If you look at, like, what he has done, he averaged 114 and a half yards per game this year. He was absolutely incredible. But when you look at this overall and you're talking about the focus of a defense, Cooper Cup, well over a majority of his targets, I got 112 of them, come from zero to nine yards. The, the Bengals are going to be hyper-focused on let, and allow, not allowing this guy to get past them because he's a big play type of dude if he gets it and runs after the catch. To me, that opens up the field for Odo Beckham Jr. This is a team that has trouble, the Cincinnati, in guarding the uh, in intermediate part of the field. That's where Odo Beckham Jr. thrives. We saw the last two games, by the way. His targets went up at each of the last two rounds of the postseason. He had over 100 yards in that NFC Championship game. I think Odo Beckham Jr. is finally starting to get comfortable here. And while Cooper Cup is incredible and he gets a high volume, I think the Bengals' focus is going to be stopping that, which I think opens up the field for OBJ. So I was actually focusing a little bit more on Odo Beckham Jr. props from the wide receiver standpoint as opposed to Cup. That's interesting. And here's what you hear around the industry. Well, Odell Beckham has the toughest matchup here against the, the Bengals secondary. Well, a couple things to look at. First of all, there's a zone. They'll play yeah. a lot of zone. I don't think there's going to be too much well, we, <laughs> matchup zone. This isn't basketball. You know, and the second thing is, you're right, he's an explosive player too. Uh, I'm just going to go back to, to Cup, though, over 102 and a half. And I like the fact you brought up the other side, though. But that's just somebody at this point. Teams have been trying to stop him all season long. And they haven't been able to like the Odell Beckham thing, though. I'm going to dig into that a little bit more, too. And then Stafford at this point, maybe if I find the 278 and a half, I go Stafford, just correlate it with cup. Um, Wouldn't be surprised if both those go over. But you mentioned something like you have to predict how the game is going to go. And that's game script. Mm -hmm. And I use it a lot in daily fantasy. And I have to use it in betting, too. You can't make a bet without thinking how this game is going through, right? Can you talk a little bit about game script? At least that's what I call it, because if you're making a bet, you might not even know it, but you are creating one. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, for example, and like if I I bet the Rams minus three and a half, right? So I think the Rams are going to win this game. I obviously think they're going to cover this game. You know, there's it wouldn't then make sense for me to go start hammering Jamar Chase over props and yeses on Joe Burrow touchdowns and all of those things. It works against my base philosophy, which is the Rams are going to win and cover this game. Now, certainly there's a universe in which it's a high-scoring affair and the Bengals, you know, surpass all those numbers and the Rams still win and cover. But that's not necessarily how I look at it, right? I, I think that the Rams are going to have success in this game offensively. It's why I bet the minus three and a half. So for me... All of my props, or a majority of my props, are kind of centered around the Rams having success on both sides of the ball, but specifically offensively. But to the other side of it, right, you know, we could talk about Burrow and that offensive line. It's going to be a problem for him, right? Took a bunch of sacks against the Tennessee Titans. You know, one of the things I'm looking at, too, is is there's Rams team total sacks. You can get three and a half at a small price to the over. You can also get player to get the first sack. And as opposed to an Aaron Donald type, who's going to get a majority of the focus for this offense line, force double teams. There's Von Miller out there. There's Floyd, Leonard Floyd out there in the range of four to one and six to one. Like, that's the way I want to attack it on the other side as well. But to your point, it's just I'm focusing on this is how I think this game is going to play out. OK, from there, what are the props that I can then bet that are going to ultimately lead me down that path? Now, 
it is a slippery slope to a certain extent because if I'm dead wrong, then there's a lot of my prop bets that are probably going to mm -hmm. go up in flames because it's correlated to a certain side. But I have confidence in the way that I've handicapped this game that it's not going to be the case. And still, you're in a universe in which some of those props still cash, i.e. Matt Stafford, passing yards, especially if they're getting blown out, and they could still go that way. So, yeah, that's the way I've, I've done it every single Super Bowl. Yeah, I don't think you can be wishy-washy yep. when it comes to this stuff. I mean, you could bet you could bet on players on both sides, but you have to have a, at least a game plan on how this game is going to go. I love it. Now, you also have some cross-sport bets too, right? Little little NBA, little NFL help you out with the odds. Talk to me about this, how you come up with them, and maybe give us a bet or two. Yeah, so the Superbook has uh, the Superbook does a great job. They come out with cross-sport props uh, in a lot of them every single year. It's There's NBA, there's NHL, there's college hoops. Uh, there's a, There were a couple that stuck out to me. The first one, though, at the top that I'm really interested in. So Evan Mobley, points and rebounds versus Matthew Stafford completions, minus two and a half. So, uh, and the, the Cavaliers are playing the 76ers. That's going to be on February 12th. And if you look at it, Mobley is a guy who generates a lot of his scoring in the painted area, right? He's he's pretty solid within four feet of the basket, but it's mostly in that floater range, four to 14 feet. The problem is, from a scoring perspective at least, he's facing Joel Embiid. And Joel Embiid and the Philadelphia 76ers, especially when Embiid's on the floor, they're elite defensively in that area. So I don't think the scoring is going to be there for Mobley. On top of that, we can talk about rebounding, right? Because it's points and rebounds. So maybe he grabs his rebounds. Well, Joel Embiid is one of the best defensive rebounders in the NBA. He grabs 25% of defensive rebounds that are available to him. So I don't think those are going to be there for Mobley. So I think we're going to have a below average game here for him. So you talk about a season average is a 14.9 and 8.1, which equates to 23. A season average in terms of completions for Stafford is 23.8. And I think he's going to have an above average game. So it all leads me to saying I'm going to lay two and a half with Stafford completions against Evan Mobley points and rebounds when he's taking on the 76ers. I, I just think both of those things put together leads me to think that Stafford's going to have at least three more completions than Mobley does have points and rebounds combined against the Philadelphia 76ers. So that's, yeah, that's one of the tops. And, you know, it's fun because there, there's a lot that goes into a prop like that to handicap it, but I, I like those things. And, you know, I, I like to think a little bit. And th those are some things you get involved in. You're sweating like two different things at once. It's fantastic. Yeah, that you know what? You put a smile on my face talking about that stuff because you can get really creative with betting these days. And that's just another way to do it. I guess you've probably been doing it for a while, but it's another way to get a little bit creative. Okay, last but not least, if I have somebody with uh, the basketball acumen that you have on this show, we're definitely talking about Nikola Jokic because this is a man that is the best player in the world he is the most valuable player when he's on the floor they're by far and away the best team in the league believe it or not when he's off the floor they are worse than the pistons please talk to me about Jokic and why he's got to be the mvp over him you know it's funny I, I i use that example every time i talk about him i say from a net rating perspective when he's on the floor they're better than the suns and when he's off the floor they're worse than the pistons and it's true it's absolutely true and i you know look when you're talking about pure value, one of the things that always bugs me when we talk about like most valuable player in any sport, right? Like I'm an Angels fan. So we, we have this conversation with Mike Trout all the time, especially when they would have losing records and he won the MVP that year, which was regardless of your team's record, you know, what is this team without him, right? And the Nuggets are the Pistons without Nikola Jokic. The fact that they are above 500, the fact that they are competing for a top six seed in the postseason, to me makes him the most valuable player. But voters, which is always the element here, sometimes ignore that for one reason or another. And Joel Embiid has this thing going for him that Nikola Jokic doesn't, which is narrative. Joel Embiid is doing this without Ben Simmons and all these distractions. So I think Jokic 
should be the favorite to an MVP. I think Jokic, there is no argument, is the most valuable player to his team. But it's going to be tough to overcome the narrative that is Joel Embiid doing this and persevering through the absence of Ben Simmons and all the off-court nonsense. So uh, I'm fascinated how the voters handle it. I Again, I think it's head and shoulders that if we're talking about just statistical value, there's nobody better than Jokic. But voters are suckers, and they fall for that narrative story. And I think Embiid wouldn't be a robbery if he won it, but I still think it should be Jokic. I'm sitting on a plus six, 650 on Jokic over here. The Now the numbers, I think, at around 300 yep. and beads at plus 200, right? Yep. And here's what I'm hoping. This is it. He's the best player out there. So you either have to have Embiid go down with injury. I would never root against the player to go down with injury. I don't care how much money I got on it. And the second thing would be you brought up Mike Trout. I wonder how much the basketball writers overall that vote on this have taken analytics into account at the at least advanced numbers into account because it took a while for Mike Trout. You remember that? Yep. It was like year, every year he should have been MVP, but he wasn't. I wonder how far along we are with the NBA writers. Yeah. It seems like this is the second sport to really grasp the numbers. Yeah, and I think, you know, so one of my tools in terms of handicapping the awards races outside of just being an NBA nerd uh, is listening to a lot of NBA podcasts and taking in a lot of NBA media, but it's a really good weapon to have because a lot of these guys who are content creators have the votes that you're looking for. Right. So one of my examples is Zach Lowe works for ESPN. He's a voter for MVP. He's been pretty adamant in that. Look at the numbers. Nikola Jokic is one of the best players, is one of the most valuable players, should probably be the favorite. So and it's just one guy. But to me, it gives you a sense of analytics have very, very much come along strongly in the coverage for the NBA. There's a lot of guys who hold votes who are analytically inclined in their analysis if you take in a lot of the media. So I think you got a pretty good shot there with Nikola Jokic. We'll see if it happens. JVT. Plug everything you're doing, man. I'm a fan. Oh, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, so there's the daily write-ups on the website, vsin.com slash JVT. Those are all NBA-related, every single game broken down there, so you can check that out. Hardwood Handicappers podcast as well. Uh, Aaron Rinning, professional handicapper, is going to be on with me actually this week. We're going to record an episode on Monday uh, to break down all the NBA cross-board props that are out there, so that'll be a lot of fun for the Super Bowl. Uh, and then, of course, just the podcast in general. You can follow that at Hardwood Handicappers uh, anywhere you get them in vsin.com slash podcasts. More nuggets coming up on the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. Want to talk more about Jokic, the bench, which hopefully can start showing a little bit of improvement with the impending return of Jamal Murray. And of course, DeMarcus Cousins coming back for another 10 days. Jokic had some interesting things to say about him. That's next on the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers Sportsbook wants you to be in control of your football bets. That's why players love the same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Same game parlays let you mix and match player props and game bets and gives a payout boost to the winning combinations you want to root for. Combine two bets or combine many. You pick your confidence level and then watch the game unfold. Bet on same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today. Must be 21 and located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 522 4700. Thanks a lot to JVT for hopping on. I'm just going to go with his Nuggets conversation and bring it over to my Nuggets conversation. Now, something that happened before the Nuggets 20 point victory over the Nets yesterday was Michael Malone talking with Nikola Jokic in a film session. And he says, You got to shoot the ball. Shoot the ball, okay? Jokic had 12 shots against the T-Wolves. They lost. 10 shots against the Pelicans. They lost. He said, you got to do it. And then, you know, there was good film out there. I think Harrison Wind, who was a guest last week, he put it up where when Jokic passes up shots, they often turn into, you know, 
broken plays or turnovers. So he's got to shoot them. He had 15 shots in 30 minutes yesterday, and he blasted through his prop of 25 and a half. He had 27 points in that game. So last week, dropped the show prop of 25 and a half to the over. He scored 25. Yesterday, he went out, scored 27 at that same number. So a couple of things that the MVP and the MVP, he should be the back-to-back MVP after this year. Okay, now Jokic and Wilt Chamberlain are the only players with multiple 25-point triple-doubles on 80% shooting in NBA history. Whew, that's going down a rabbit hole there, but it has to do with Wilt Chamberlain, who I still to this day think was the most dominant player in the history of the NBA. So Jokic with 27, 12, and 10. He shot 12 of 15 from the field. I actually think you know, maybe seeing him 17, 18 shot. I'd like to see him shoot a little bit more. So 124, 104 was the win over the Nets. He's got seven triple doubles in 12 games. He has an NBA best 14 triple doubles this season. He has 71 triple doubles in his career. And he's seven away from tying Wilt Chamberlain for sixth all time on the triple double list. So he's 78 is the next number for triple doubles, and he's going to catch Will Chamberlain when he does that. Chamberlain did it often, though, with points, rebounds, and blocks, which <laughs> that's just another layer to Will Chamberlain that's amazing. So that's the good. Nikola Jokic, the best. He's the MVP, just like JVT said and like I've been saying. Uh, but let, let's go to the bad news, and it's we're going back to the bench. The bench was a combined minus 24 against the Nets in a 20-point win. So, this is just amazing. With Jokic on the floor, this is the best team in the league. I kid you not. With Jokic on the floor, the numbers state it. They are the best team in the NBA. And when Jokic is off the floor, they are a worse team than the Detroit Pistons, who are the worst team in the NBA. That's from Joel Rush from Forbes. So he brings it out. The, the, the teams with Jokic on the floor, better than the best team in the league. Non-Jokic lineup, worse than the worst team in the league, the Pistons. Wow. So how do they address the bench going further? Because they brought in Forbes, and Forbes had a couple of nice games, and they brought in DeMarcus Cousins. Well, let's start with Cousins. And there's a couple layers to Cousins, first of all. He did just get another 10-day contract. I think that's good. Uh, interesting, though, in the five games he's played. So they're 5-0 and in the five games Cousins have played. Is there a direct correlation? I mean, more than anything, I just like the fact he's coming in and Jokic gets to sit. Jokic has played only 30 minutes in two of the last three games. That's kind of nice to see at this point. He does have four technical fouls, one ejection in the five games, though. And he had a press conference, and he just, it, it was a really heartfelt press conference, too, because he just said it's tough to overcome his bad reputation. I don't think he realizes, though, that he's earned it over the years. And he has been very tough on officials. You know, at least he under he understands that he's under the microscope more. He does deserve to be under the microscope more, given his past transgressions. Uh, and even Jokic said this jokingly. He said he was so happy that he's here. here. Here's what Jokic said. He goes, I love him. Before we were kind of rivals, he's actually a really good guy, fun to be around, great personality. But here's what Jokic said about him too. He can get a little a little bit crazy when the refs 
don't go his way. Uh, overall, he's proved me wrong. But yeah, Cousins needs to stay here. He needs to stay on the floor, and he needs to stop it with the technical fouls and the ejections. Easier said than done, but this team gets to the playoffs, and if he's a, a key piece of the bench, we're going to see DeMarcus Cousins in these games. Can't be getting technicals, man. Every single point counts in the postseason. There's just too fine a line, a technical, an ejection that could sink you in a game. Uh, so that's not good. But moving on with the bench, I'm glad that they brought DeMarcus Cousins on. I, I really think this is this is good. It's going to give Jokic a rest, and they are undefeated with him. Okay. Hopefully, Jamal Murray comes back in the next month. You know, I'd like to see him in March. Katie Wingy threw some, some video out there on Twitter. He was not going 100% in warm-ups, though. He was warming up. He was getting some work done on the floor before the Nets game. Murray comes back. That pushes Morris to the bench. If Porter Jr. comes back, that's even better because I think he'd be a great piece off the bench. Limit his minutes. Try and keep him healthy. Bolster the second unit. So now what you would have is you'd have Murray back in the lineup. You'd have Morris to the bench. You'd have Porter on the bench. Porter Jr., Morris, a, an ascending Bones Highland, an ascending Zeke Naji. I don't know if there's a role for Davon Reed in Michael Malone's mind. I mean, he was just passed up for playing time, and it, it didn't make sense to me yesterday. I, I think Reed should be out there, but I'm not going to throw Reed in this because it doesn't seem like Malone really uh, trusts him as much as many of us think that he should trust him. So continued improvement for Highland, continued improvement for Zeke. Play, you, you play, just play Davon Reed more. The dude locked down LeBron, didn't he? So I do think there is a path to this bench not being the worst team in the history of the world. A lot of things have to fall into place. Murray has to come back and look great. Porter has to come back and actually be healthy enough to grab some minutes off the bench and be effective there because before the surgery at the beginning of the year, remember, he was bad. He was not a good basketball player. So he has to be healthy in order to help off the bench. You could have Morris... Porter, these younger guys stepping up. Forbes is here. Cousins is here. I don't know if they make a deal before the deadline, but that's my thoughts on the bench going forward. Not all hope is lost, but it ain't great right now. There are paths to the bench, though, becoming at least an average unit. And if the Nuggets get an average bench unit to go along with Jokic in the playoffs, this team that'll probably finish up between the four and the six seed all of a sudden. Mm -mm -mm. Now we start talking about a potential deep run in the playoffs. Okay, let me wrap this thing up. Probably should take a break. I'm not going to. We'll just do a, a hard segue here into uh, the NFL in Las Vegas. So Alvin Kamara, the latest football player to get into trouble. Uh, felony battery. He is, he's been arrested for an incident at a club and that happened in Las Vegas after the Pro Bowl. Wonderful, right? Ugh. The, the NFL in Vegas, though, has been an absolute debacle. Absolute debacle. And listen, I start with this. The blame goes on the individual players first. First and foremost, the blame goes on the individual players. It's nobody else's fault uh, than theirs for the choices they make. But the NFL has put them in a questionable situation. I'll say that. They put a franchise and a pro bowl in a city that's built on liquor, drugs, 
gambling, prostitution. Now, I can break down the four different things. Liquor, legal, drugs. A lot of them are illegal. Marijuana is legal. Okay. Prostitution in Vegas, technically illegal. Uh, gambling, sports betting, things I'm into that you should be able to do responsibly. Okay. And most of us do it responsibly. Some people don't just like with liquor, just like with marijuana, just like with, <laughs> with anything else. Um, but it's a recipe for disaster. It really is. When you combine all those and you put guys in their twenties that are in Las Vegas that have nothing to do, maybe a night or two a week, you know, they had a long time at, uh, at practice or they're coming off a game or they're on their bye week I mean, a lot of it has to be on the players, but some of it, well, they've been put in a position to get into trouble. I, I was 25 years old. I was single. I lived in Vegas. I did a show out of the Mandalay Bay sports book, six hours on the weekends. Um, and I'll tell I got in some trouble when I was 25. I made some bad decisions. Okay. A lot of bad decisions. Actually, there's a lot of trouble to be had. If you got a little bit of free time on your hand and, and, and listen, it's just not a coincidence with all these guys getting into trouble. Henry Ruggs gets drunk manslaughter. Okay. Kill, killed a person. Multiple DUI cases. Yeah, Damon Arnett, their first round pick. He he was released. Made death threats. Okay, he's facing a hit and run from a 2020 incident. I mean, this just it's just a mess. And then he was traveling at a high rate of speed to avoid being late from meeting at Raiders headquarters. It's just these things don't seem to happen as much in other places. It's been a very short time they've been in Vegas with a lot of problems in Vegas. So you've got rugs. And again, I'm not blaming it on Las Vegas. I'm just saying it happened in Las Vegas at a time in the middle of the night where you, know, you could be out at a lot of clubs in other towns, but Las Vegas, you know the clubs are open. Arnett, some other things surrounding him. But again, getting drunk, doing some things, getting into a lot of trouble. Nate Hobbs, DUI last month. So we're talking about a franchise. A lot of it has to do with the franchise too. Get your stuff together, guys. Blame the individual first. Blame the franchise second. Blame the NFL for putting a team in Las Vegas. I, I really do think it's a horrible idea uh, going forward. And then now you got the Camara arrest. Listen, players go to Vegas all the time. I've, I've seen plenty. of When I was there, Barkley used to come into town. Tiger Woods used to come into town. And a lot of them, they have people around them to make sure that they don't get into too much trouble, or if they do, it gets covered up. These football players just go out and partying, man. Uh, and we're going to see more of this. I'm telling you right now, we're going to see more of it. The Raiders need to do a better job of drafting and signing personalities that aren't as susceptible to succumbing to the Vegas lifestyle, but nothing really tells me that they're going to adjust at all. That's how I'm going to end this show. Thanks to JVT for hopping on. Um, thanks for listening to this show. Subscribe to it if you haven't already and follow me on Twitter at Holden radio. Okay. Best bet again, under nine and a half penalties on bet rivers at plus one Oh one. I'll be back on Wednesday. Nate Kreckman, Ian St. Clair, join me. Thanks to our producer, Steven have a wonderful Monday. And again, thanks for listening to the Denver city cast presented by bet rivers. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.